You're listening to The Love Yegg Show. If our city could talk, these are the stories it would tell about the people, places, and passion in Edmonton. We interview difference makers in our community. Please welcome your hosts, Sherry Beauchamp and Jesse McCracken. Hey, I just want to say thank you for supporting us and listening. Um, we have an amazing guest, Jacqueline Jasek. Uh, she calls herself a coconista, the very first one in the world. Um, she started a, her chocolatier business, designer chocolates, out of her basement. And her whole goal was to prove that it wouldn't work. Um, and here she is 14 years later, still bringing the joy. So I hope you enjoy um, her energy, her the conversation that she brings, and her wisdom in this uh, podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Love Egg Show. My name is Sherry Beauchamp, and I'm here with Jesse McCracken. Hello, everybody. We have a very special guest. Um, she pretty much has my 11-year-old son's dream job. Uh, her name is Jacqueline Jasek of Jasek Chocolates. Uh, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I was just saying before that um, my son was very excited that we were getting to talk to like a chocolatier. I don't know if that's like an official name or or what you call yourself, but um, it's a it's a pretty uh, unique and interesting career. Um, how how did you get into it? Yeah, for sure. So chocolatier is an actual term. Uh, there's yes. a chocolate maker, which is actually different within the industry of chocolate. So we can talk about that later if you want. But I actually call myself a coconista, which is a term I made up because I didn't feel like chocolatier really covered what we what I do. Um, my ultimate dream or my goal was to be a chocolate designer. So coconista kind of represented that a little bit better. Nice. So as far as I know, I'm the only one in the world. <laughs> That's awesome. That. That's awesome. Um, so tell us about like, how, how did you get into designing chocolates and sort of what's your, what's your background? Sure. Yeah. So, you get started? Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm always been really creative. Um, I had my first business when I was 11 years old, it was called Jack's hats and I used to design ski hats and sell them at ski hills. And I was, I don't know, 11, 12 years old. And I'd made enough money to buy myself a sewing machine and an overlocker or a serger. And I had this little enterprise in our basement at home. Wow. Um, and then fast forward 20 years, a lot of life happened. Uh, when I was 15, my parents went on a big adventure and decided we would move to New Zealand for a one-year adventure, except I ended up staying 11 years. So I went to high school, university there. Um, so I did uh, get a business degree in marketing, um, but my love for something creative and trying to marry creativity with business has always sort of been in my soul and always screaming at me to do something with it. So, you know, I really thought about, okay, well, you know, I'm late twenties, um, what's my dream job and how can I create something that I want to do for the rest of my life? And so I thought, well, I want a business that brings joy. So I spent a lot of time thinking about what is joy to me and joy is fashion and chocolate or food. So I thought, okay, so how do I merge those two? Um, or do I go in one direction? Do I become a fashion designer or do I go into the culinary arts? So then I thought, well, you know, I could try something and, and I'm actually the worst entrepreneur. I'm absolutely risk averse. 
So I had this crazy idea of bringing joy through fashionable chocolate because I thought, well, I can use chocolate as my fabric or my canvas for art. And it's four dimensional. It's got form, function, color, and a fourth dimension of flavor. I thought, perfect. That'll, that'll be what I'll do. I'll prove it won't work in my basement. And then I can move on with my life and continue enjoying my corporate career. Um, that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I was engaged at this point and my husband or fiance at the time thought, okay, he's like, you know, what are we gonna do with our lives? And I had this great corporate job downtown and, you know, he, he thought things were great. And I was like, well, I really want to do this fashion chocolate thing. He's like, really? Like, <laughs> I kind of got a good gig going on. And I was like, yeah, but I, you know, I kind of need to just prove it won't work. And so he's like, okay, great. Or let's just, maybe it will work. And so him and my dad built um, a commercial kitchen in our basement here in Sherd Park. Um, this was 14 years ago. Um, and that's kind of all where it started. I would work my corporate job during the day and do the chocolate hustle at night. Wow. So how did you come up with like the designs, the flavor, the like, was it just trial and error and a lot of eating chocolate or, oh, I messed this yeah. one up. I guess I better eat it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm actually the least uh, culinarily trained person in my team now. Um, so I actually did a, an online course called Ecole Chocolat and I did that while I was still in New Zealand. So, um, you know, I've been thinking about the chocolate thing for a long time. Um, and so it was an online course, which is really interesting because it's a hands-on art. So um, that was sort of my first foray into chocolate. And I would just bring to work and just sample them and just bring joy with them, just give them away and do Christmas gifts. And then when I moved back to Canada, you know, I continued to sort of learn and experiment and just make gifts all the time. So there wasn't a real sort of direct path of going to culinary school or anything that would be probably more logical. <laughs> I, I love that it's about bringing joy like that is such a an awesome like foundation to do anything obviously you've found a passion that marries the food and and uh, the design element which is yeah I just think that's so cool and it's so simple right because it is our northern star for everything that we do from who we hire to the collections we design to our marketing to the words we use um joy is kind of the Northern star for all decisions. And so I've literally hired and fired based on lack of, or having lots of it. So um, it, it just really helps us be pretty clear on where we're going. And we really are pretty clear on all of our core values. That one being sort of the, the biggest one. Um, and you asked about the fashion piece, like where do I get the collection ideas and flavors and all yeah. that kind of thing? Well, we still work on a fashion business model 14 years later. So every season we launch a new collection, just like fashion. So we actually just launched our spring 2023 collection on Friday, this, this past Friday. These flavors will be around for the quarter and then those flavors are gone to make way for the, spring, uh, the summer collection. So um, we very much work, uh, we're not like a factory pumping out the same thing all the time. We are sort of reinventing our collection of truffles um, or bonbons. Um, but our bars, for example, that is something that's around all the time, but they all have their own fashion persona. So that's why they have names. They're not just like the hazelnut bar. It's that's our James bar. You know, mm -hmm. James is very suave, very elegant, pretty classic, um, but delicious. That's amazing. So fun. That's and so awesome. do you enjoy more um, like the marketing is, the, is your background, like coming up with the whole marketing angle of it? Or are you still enjoying like spending some time in the kitchen? 
both. So I love variety. Um, I am one of those people that is really creative and unfortunately really late at night is sort of (laughs) my most creative. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's totally me. Um, I love both. I love being in the kitchen with the team, uh, developing a lot of fun, but I also love the business side. So I, I'm really blessed that I get to kind of do both. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the, well, obviously the marketing piece is like, if it seems like every collection or or every product that you have has a story behind it, which I think is super fun. It's just not like you say, like just the run of the mill name. It's like, there's an actual story behind the names and the, you know, the person, it's almost like you give them personalities. It, totally. They all have their own personalities and their own persona. And a lot of people will sort of like, um, migrate to one personality or, and often our palettes are kind of like that too, right? Like, um, Pierre or peppermint bar, like somebody who likes just, you know, a sort of a little simpler, something sophisticated after dinner, like the Pierre just sounds like the right name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and fun to buy as a gift for somebody too, when you're like looking at one that's going to like suit them, you know, not necessarily suit you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I've often thought we should do a collection based on personalities. Like let's do a, like a, I don't know, outgoing personality. Um, I just think we might get it wrong and people might be a little upset, but I mean, it's always our interpretation of something. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And there's no shortage of inspiration, right? Everyone's like, oh, you, you know, you've been doing this 14 years, you're going to run out of collection ideas. I'm like, that is literally impossible. I can look out <laughs> the window right now. It's a bit dark. But if I was to look out <laughs> the window during the day, I could probably see 14 collection ideas, you know, it could be from weather it could be, you know, different types of colors, you could just do a full, like purple collection, there's six different types of purple. So we always have six, um, six flavors in a collection and the ideas are always a flowing. Nice. Well, I, I think when that. somebody finds something that they like too, right, there's that urgency to make sure that they get some more before it sells out or that you can't get. Yeah. It's like, it creates yeah. that like hype, which is, you know, something that you wouldn't typically find at a, at a, just grabbing a normal chocolate bar. <laughs> totally. And I think a lot yeah. of people want to be the first to try it. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, when we launch, we, you know, we always have the, the, Actually, I heard of this this week when we launched on Friday. There's a group of ladies that get together like a book club, but they have a chocolate club and they meet quarterly when we launch a collection and they they bought an 18 piece and they'll sit there and they'll talk about them and that, no you know, have one with them. So it's like a chocolate club. And I thought that's so brilliant. And, I love it. you know, I'm part of a book club. I love reading, as you can tell. Oh, yeah, I don't know if you can see behind me, but I love reading. I have a lot of books. Um, but, you know, a chocolate club is a lot less preparation. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, was going to the audio book the night before yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> book club too. And I'm one of the only ones that listens to the book or reads the book or whatever the case may be 50, 50 listen versus read. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. It's 50, 50 my group too. Those that yeah. listen versus read, but, but not if I brought book. chocolate, I'd have a feeling that everybody would. Think. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you bring a couple of bottles of wine, you'd pair them, see which one works better, which one, um, you know, brings up the flavors of the chocolate or Yeah. It's a lot Brilliant. of fun. So I thought that was really brilliant. So hadn't heard that one yet. Funny. Would, a lot of, sorry, uh, customizations too, right? For businesses, I see a lot of your stuff around the holidays that are being handed out with the their business brand on it. So do you want to tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what we like to do is obviously uh, our goal is to get more chocolate and more mouths to spread more joy. And just going back to the joy piece, I think another really big part of our business is the sourcing piece Mm -hmm. because chocolate can be a pretty dirty industry so Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that joy is infused through our full supply chain so um 
seven years ago, I decided to uh, do a bean to bar line. So I will answer your question about the business gifts. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally this is my creative brain. There's nothing linear in my world. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but I think it's a good opportunity to talk about um, the joy piece. Um, because in chocolate, there's two industries, as I mentioned, uh, there's the chocolate maker and the chocolatier. And um, I'll use a fashion analogy. The chocolate makers, like the textile maker or the fabric maker, they make the chocolate right from the cocoa beans. So right from the product or the textile, the chocolatier is the dressmaker. They'll take that textile and create the dress or the final piece, whether it be a bonbon or a chocolate bar. So often those two are two different businesses. Um, so when I started, I was the dressmaker, the chocolatier. So I was buying chocolate uh, from France. It's Valrona. It's one of the best in the world. Um, and B Corp, great ethics on the chocolate. But I want to take a step further. So that's joyful chocolate already. But I don't get the opportunity to have a relationship with the farmer or meet the farmer or go to origin. So seven years ago, we decided to also be a bean to bar or a chocolate maker, the textile maker. Um, so it's only 10% of what we do. We still use Valrona for the majority of what we do. But we do have a line now, which is where my heart's at, where um, I've traveled to the origin of the beans. I've seen the farmers. I see the opportunity that chocolate has to transform lives when purchased ethically and sustainably. So... Going back to your corporate, it, it does tie into the corporate thing. Our mm -hmm. goal is always to buy more chocolate, to buy more cacao, because we know it has the power to impact these families. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we think, okay, well, how, how can we do that? And businesses are, I mean, they're gifting chocolate anyway. How can we customize it and help customers spread joy to their clients and their staff by doing something that is joyfully sourced and bring joy to their clients and make it about them and put their brand on it. So um, our bonbons come in our boxes and then there's a sleeve that can be branded with any kind of messaging or brand brand colors. Um, and we also have chocolate bars um, at first a lower price point that the wrapper becomes the business wrapper. But again, all the insides are joyfully sourced and hopefully bring joy to people who get them. Amazing. And that I mean, I think cool. that and, and local too, right? So if somebody here is buying it, it's, it's great that we're supporting a local company. And, and like you said, that you're actually going out and making sure that these beans that you're getting in the chocolate is coming from a, you know, a place where we could all be proud of, proud of, right? Because I think that's yeah. what we're right now. We're all and just very much more aware of that. Aware of that. And I mean, I think that's the number one thing is when people say, you know, why is your chocolate so expensive? And I'm going to be like, well, because everybody in that supply chain is being paid fairly. I think the mm -hmm. question should be, why is other chocolate so cheap? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Because yeah. I think that's the, you know, we should be reversing questions quite, I mean, in life a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. 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 Yeah. You, um, I mean, you don't get to be, you don't, you're not in business for, 14 years by accident, right? So um, what what do you think? There's the joy component, obviously, and all the decisions you make throughout um, the process of, of making chocolate and uh, through this design piece. What do you think are some of the, you know, your secrets to your success over the last 14 years? Well, I, I mean, I didn't build the business. I built a team that built the business. So I think that's the difference is that I um, have managed to create the most incredible team uh, a lot have been uh, with us for a very long time a lot of our team members so uh, we have a team of 25 right now um and 
honestly, that is the people in the business are what make the difference. It's the person who's greeting you at, you know, our boutique and welcoming you into our store. It's the person who's doing our marketing. It's the chocolatiers who start at 2 a.m. hand painting the molds. Like it's everyone in that business is what is the secret. Like it's everyone has their part. And I think um, I'm very proud of our culture. And I think that's kind of what's, you know, people can taste the love that goes into them. And I think that's really airy fairy kind of <laughs> but like no. I think people can feel it I think and consumers are smart yourself any credit there and I think that it always comes from you know if everybody else the 24 rest of your employees or your team is happy and joyful it's because it started with with you and your values and um your like leadership so I think that's really important you know well yeah thank you but I mean they they are like they are incredible. And I think, yeah. um, you know, to be in business 14 years, it sounds like a long time, actually. I haven't <laughs> thought about it too much. Um, you know, we've changed a lot. And I think one of the things, I mean, everyone's had to do in the, you know, through a pandemic is really rely mm-hmm. on those core values because they are challenged in, you know, tough times. But mm-hmm. like, I think the ability to change quickly mm-hmm. has been one of our secret things, not secret. It, it's not secret at all. It's just one of our superpowers is we are very adaptable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, I always say like, hand me my cards and I'll deal with them. Like I I'm pretty good at dealing with change. Yeah. Resourceful. Entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. You have to, you know, you have to be able yeah. to pivot and adjust and take over if you need yeah. to so many things right totally totally and like I I feel like um doing the scary things but I haven't done anything that I I'm you know I'll probably be scared a few times a year on decisions we make it's like oh my goodness this is a good decision um which is exciting but we've never done anything with ho- like hockey stick growth like we're not one of those businesses that does these like wild wildly outrageous things and grows really quickly. We've been very organic for 14 years. Like it's the same amount of growth every year, you know, and um, we're in a community in Edmonton and Shore Park and surrounding areas. Like that is incredibly supportive of local business. I don't know if I could have done this business in any other city if it would have worked. Edmontonians are so keen on trying new things and supporting new ideas and they give you second chances. Like I feel like this business has worked because of where I am. I love that. that I love that because I really do feel, I mean, we're, we were just saying that we're all here for a reason and it's not our weather. Cause they don't exist either. <laughs> yeah. We're here for the chocolate and people for sure. It's, it is pretty amazing that um, like just the people, it's like a small town where everybody is really supporting each other. And we're very, very lucky. I mean, that's really where this all came from is like, how do we support more Edmontonians? How do we hear about what they've, you know, have going on and share what they have going on? And also the, you know, um, philanthropy piece as well, because if you're a, a a local business, chances are you're, you know, you've got your toes in somewhere and whether you're outsourcing, um, you know, kind chocolate, <laughs> yeah. or being kind in your community, it all kind of goes hand in hand. 
and, and I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's actually my ultimate career goal is to be a charity. Uh, what, how do I say? A charity, um, a charity housewife who lunches. That is my or like philanthropic lady who lunches. That is my ultimate career goal. And I thought, well, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon because I still have big dreams for JSIC. So we do it. Um, we actually give at least uh, a minimum of 1% of our sales, so not profit, but of sales every year to community organizations. And that's one of the things I'm proudest of in the business is mm-hmm. how much we give. Um, and you know, the scholarships that we do. Um, and so that's, you know, the philanthropy, philanthropy piece is massive for me. Um, cause that brings joy. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. J-O-Y. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. Um, a few, well, God, it was, it was a decade ago now. Was, yeah. When I was about four years old, like Jesus, our last name, which I mean, I still question whether that was a terrible decision or a good decision. I lean on the terrible decision side most of the time. <laughs> um, but I uh, came to work one day at our management meeting and four years into the business, like I figured it out. JSIC is not our last name. It's an acronym for Joy and Chocolate Experience Company with a K. And then everyone just laughed and it never stuck. So, you know, <laughs> I think that's one of the things in the business. I, I wonder if that was just not a good idea to name, to self-brand, because I'm not the business. And I think that's the biggest fallacy of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a very lovely name, though. It's very artisan. I feel like it's very, very, I, yeah, it works. <laughs> Or <laughs> well, yeah, it, I mean, it's my inherited last name because it's not my original last name. It's my married last name. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's always something I, I'm always curious to know of other business owners that have used their name in their business, whether they think it's a good idea or a bad one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you ever thought of like, I guess this is where it is, though, would you branch off to other markets? Because I think that's when it kind of becomes a question. But at the same time. Uh, yeah, I, I like the name. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, yes, is the answer to that question. Is we do want to serve other markets because I mean we do want to spread as much joy as we possibly can, and we want to write those POs for cocoa beans. So, uh, you know, the more chocolate we can sell, ultimately the better. You know, joy we can bring to the families on, on both sides, those receiving and those that we're buying from. Um, so uh, we did sign a distribution, uh, I guess they're an agency, um, about six months ago, seven months ago, where we have um, a really like-minded company um, that has a sales team that is selling our products across the country now. So uh, that's about seven months old and going really well. And um, we're just being featured in high-end boutiques, which is you know, the gift market, which is exactly where we should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's been really good at getting our name um, across the country. And then we're just positioning ourselves this year. I'm sharing all my secrets here, but um, this year in building the platform of the business. So my husband runs the operational side. Thank goodness, because he's all linear and I am not, <laughs> you know, in terms of getting our processes and our operations and our equipment and our facility ready for, for growth next year in a big way so we can better serve Edmonton. Wow. That's really nice. Nice. That is really exciting across Canada. Wow. Yeah. Was that kind of always what your vision was or did you have like this big plan or like you said, it's all been very organic and you're like, how did we get here? And yeah, well, kind of. Part of me always just was happy to have a little shop and, you know, make chocolates and greet customers as I was making chocolates. But then the other part of me has never been like that either. I've always kind of been a big thinker. So I was happy. I mean, I didn't think this would work, right? I, mm-hmm. All I needed to do was prove it didn't work to get it out of yeah. the system. Yeah. So I could continue on the corporate job, which is very comfortable. So yeah. um, 
yeah, I don't know if I, this is where I imagined I'd be I'm very grateful for it. And I also think we're not done. We're far from done yeah. on the things yeah. we want to do. Um, but for us, it's just figuring out sort of the next steps and we know expansion. How, how do we serve more people? Um, so through distribution is one of them, but other ways we can do that. Um, so we have a few things in the pipeline right now. Um, but also like, how can we make a product that just is different? Mm-hmm. it's delicious. Um, it's, you know, thoughtfully sourced, uh, and just interesting. So mm-hmm. it's always, it's always a funny, I last, um, last spring or spring 2022 collection, I really played this idea after 13 years. I was like, okay, I'm really kind of bored of our style. Um, and I thought we're going to go back to like my roots of doing really crazy flavors. Um, and I learned a lot of lessons in this. Uh, so I did, a, it was called Couture Collection. So it was all kind of like high end black and white, very modern, um, not the usual colorful style that we do. And we had things like miso caramel, parmesan and honey, sriracha and almond, like really kind of interesting yeah Yeah, opposites yeah Yeah. very bold not safe at all and I thought you know what we just sometimes we just not we need to just throw it out there and not be safe um I think the hype was like a lot of people really really interested in it the problem is um you've tried a couple times but it's not something you want a lot of so now I'm trying to understand so you know I'm willing to take risks but I also want to develop things that people really want over and over again Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. definitely I'm still learning (laughs) <laughs> I, I keep thinking about uh you as an 11 year old buying a serger and a sewing machine and like you were legit at 11 or 12 or whatever it is you, you mentioned before that you also have kids do, do they have any sort of entrepreneurial like interests or things they're trying to shuffle off the you know the lemonade stand up front or anything like that <laughs> well, be rubbed funny. off on them well, so I only have one. He's 11. So I also, okay. so when I have the business in the basement, I also, we also started a family at the same time. So I forgot to mention that part. That was really interesting. <laughs> yeah. It was a busy time. So corporate job, pregnant and doing the chocolate thing. Wow. Um, yeah. So he's 11 now. Um, he is more interested in going pro in some kind of sport, I think, than the entrepreneurial. Got yeah. it. Yeah. All sports all the time, which is definitely not from me. He's very good at sports all from his father. Um, I don't sport as a general rule, Um, (laughs) but he is, you know, I I do see that he is being entrepreneurial. Like he wants to buy things and we're not just giving him the money. So he bought himself a shoe cleaning kit and he's cleaned all of the shoes in the house right now. Cause we told him to give him five bucks to clean, polish, clean all the shoes in the house. So he's done that. So I, I kind of try, I, I think I'm reaching for an example of him trying to be entrepreneurial. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can come to my house next. I think about it all the time. Every spring I'm like, gosh, I got to wash these shoes and it never happens, you know? They, yeah, yeah. So he's really into <laughs> shoes and sport, like sports shoes and basketball shoes and maintaining them. And his shoes go to like have a spa treatment probably once every two weeks. <laughs> but he's expanded that to ours and being paid for it or requesting that he's paid for it. That's about as entrepreneurial as he is right now. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I, I also have an 11 year old, so I understand the motivation. Well, is your, are yours time. entrepreneurial? Uh, my nine-year-old, he uh, gets every, takes every chance to sell leaves as they're falling in the fall or oh. he sold rocks. To, I've literally gone to the post office and shipped rocks <laughs> to people in the U S like seriously. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's something funny. to be embraced for sure. Cause my parents never said no. 
they never said that's a silly idea. They didn't never said, you know, that hat's nuts. Actually, I have one. I found one the other day. <laughs> My cousin, I, I'll show you. Sure. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. They found one in there like, oh, no oh, way. This is like 30 years old, this thing. And they had like this little pom-pom at the end. So it's just oh, a it's- long, like two with like patches that I'd sewn together. So that's amazing. So good. I actually remember people wearing those. Long I was just oh, going like to say, yeah. From the nineties. Like yeah. And had the gesture ones with the little bells at the end. Yeah. yeah. Were those all yours? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I probably sold maybe 50. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, the 50 that I saw were them. No, cause I do remember those. Like as soon as you pulled it out, um, I was like, oh yeah, that looks very familiar. And the dinosaur too, like the, had the dinosaur, like, yeah. 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 So that was kind of the rage in the, gosh, what was it? Early nineties. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So now you have lived um, in New Zealand and Edmonton. And so are you planning on staying in Alberta, Edmonton, or you have um, some desires to spread your wings to other countries? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think my, my parents' adventure has always rubbed off on me in terms of like, you know, even with the business, when they moved to New Zealand, it was for a one-year adventure and nobody, like we didn't stay for a year. They stayed for eight years. My sister stayed for seven years. I stayed for 11 years. Um, the worst thing that can happen when, you know, doing those things or starting business is you go back to what you were doing before, as long as the risk wasn't too big mm-hmm. and you didn't go too big. Right. Um, so when I think like, would I like to live somewhere else, maybe somewhere warmer, maybe, but mm-hmm. I'm really happy here too. Um, I think, you know, we're happy wherever we're at. I don't have any imminent plans to move anywhere. Um, I mean, I would dream to have a place in Kelowna. My sister lives there. So maybe have a little place next to her, but that's, you know, no big dreams to, to yeah. globally expand right yeah. now for sure. Yeah. Got work to do here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My day, I, I don't feel like I even allow myself to contemplate that right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. The one, and you're the both, one. are you both from Edmonton as well? Yes. Well, we're, we li- live both here, obviously, but we're from uh, Slave Lake, Northern. Oh, Alabama. nice. Okay. I'm actually from Legal, which is North of Edmonton. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 My yeah. dad lives in, my dad lives in Legal. What? Yeah. So I, um, well, my grandparents lived in there growing up, so they had a little, ha- well, a house right behind that Legal, Legal bar there. Yeah. My grandparents house growing up. And oh, my grandma so, had a house behind there, too. Yeah, no yeah. And so he still has a place there, but he also, he's got an acreage that he lives at. So, yeah. Oh, very small familiar world. with Legal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So both my parents are from there, grew up, they both grew up there. And then mm-hmm. they went from Legal to New Zealand. Wow. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. So do you speak French? I do. Yes, yeah. very good. I do yeah. not, but I wish I did. Because I know that. <laughs> wish it was something I picked up from my grandparents. <laughs> yeah, no French Canadian or French Albertan Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Your, your chocolates. Obviously you have a little following fandom here in with the chocolate club and, and probably <laughs> multiple people that visit every collection or when they can, but your chocolates have also been recognized like internationally. Mm-hmm. What, what's that been like to get the, you know, obviously I don't know if you're, it, that was something that was on your bucket list or not, but what does it mean to get, you know, recognized? At yeah. That international stage? recognition is not on my bucket list. Um, yeah. actually the first, the first time, um, I got a call and I, you don't apply for it. They just call you. Um, I was still working out of my basement and I don't know, somehow the judges 
from New York were in Edmonton. They went to Credo Coffee, who sold our chocolates, tried the chocolates, went back to New York, and we got named one of the top 10 in North America um, by Pastry Dessert Magazine. So I got the call and I was like, this seems like a prank. This doesn't even seem real because I'm operating out of the basement. Like this all seems a little ridiculous, but it ended up being published in a magazine and it, it was a true thing. And they had no idea it was in my basement. Um, and I think, you know, I always, I didn't never want it to look like a basement operation. So we invested, um, when I started the business, I started with $14,000. That was the full budget to do everything from inventory, build a kitchen, branding, website, everything. 14,000 was all we were committing to this. Um, and I spent 6,000 on branding of that 14,000 because I didn't want to look like a basement operation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that served me well, because I got recognized. I think that's, you know, um, just testament that it got recognized that it didn't look like a small operation. It's still the brand we have today. Um, mm-hmm. So I never regret that decision of spending so much money on branding mm-hmm. um, right at the get-go and, you know, having your look be solid. Um, and then fast forward, um, we don't have, we don't submit our products into the International Chocolate Awards. It's expensive. Um, I'm not really super interested in what people across the world think of our chocolates. They're not buying our chocolates here locally. I think the judges are truly, the, you know, those spending their dollars here locally and getting, giving us feedback. I think that's more important. However, for our bean to bar lines, so the chocolate that we make right from the cocoa bean, where I, you know, we visit the farmers and stuff, I want them to get recognition. And it's only through the bar winning an award that they, you know, we can see where we place in the world and help them get recognition for their origin and their cacao. So we do enter our bean to bar bars into um, a, the competition and they have won. They've won in the Americas and won uh, last year. Uh, one of them won a silver in the world. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's and so, so proud of. Yeah. So no, we're super proud of it. Um, but it's, yeah, we don't, we don't play the competition game very much. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, it's your, the people buying them and giving you feedback are really who's most important. And, and ultimately, truthfully, that's, you know, that's, it's really wonderful for the competition and the accolades, but at the end of the day, what, yeah, I love that. It's, yeah, it's so not something I'm working it. towards for sure. Um, I love celebrating the farmers and the beans they're growing. Um, mm-hmm. And because bean to bar is so interesting to me, um, which is sort of the making the chocolate right from scratch. Um that I love to to throw into the pot and see like, where do we compare? And the, the good thing with that, that competition is that they give you a ton of feedback. So there's judges around the world just to see where we can prove it too. So I think that's more valuable than mm-hmm. not at, it, it's as valuable as the award. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. So I know you said what's next is you guys are um, working on your distribution and everything. Uh, so uh, one year from now, what is, what can we expect? Oh, lots of change. So um, we're feeling that we can, uh, so we have our seasonal collection that um, is changing every quarter. And then we have two other collections right now. It's a petite bar. So it's like mini bars and a classic collection, but we're getting pretty tired and bored of the um, classic and the um, petite bars. So we're wiping that out. There's going to be 12 uh, brand new flavors that will be around all the time. So there'll be more of some modern flavors and some more traditional flavors. Uh, We are probably going to be unpopular for a couple of weeks because some people's favorites are going away. (laughs) Um, But I think favorite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we can do better. 
So uh, we've had these other two collections around probably five years. It's time to retire them and create something new. Um, what are some other things I can share? Uh, we just bought um, some new uh, really cool equipment that's going to help us do a better job and create products we couldn't create before by hand. So my rule with buying equipment is always, can a hand do it better or can a piece of machinery do it better? What what gives you the best product? Um, if the hands do it better, we just keep it with the hands. If a machine can do it better and give us options that we can't even do with hands, we'll work towards investing in equipment. So it's always kind of our decision. And so we just invested the most we've ever invested in equipment. Uh, so just arrived uh, two weeks ago and it's been uh, not a great journey so far. Um, I think anyone of the business that works with any equipment and learning, they're learning it, it's fine. We understand it. It's just, it's not, it's not calibrating properly. So we're just kind of working through that right now. So that's a fun challenge. Um, mm -hmm. But like I said, that's part of the platform that we're working on this year before we really look to serve, you know, more people next year. Yeah. 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 Isn't that fun, right? All of these, like all the technology and the equipment, we're all like, yes, we need this, but you're yeah. like, this is interrupting my flow. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. And like, and my husband is far more mechanical than me, uh, which probably comes as no surprise, but um, it's just, it's really frustrating because you have all these, like, you know, I want to get testing and I want to start recipe developing and using the equipment, but it's just not there yet. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of, we have a pretty, I think, uh, perceived very sexy business, but there's a lot of hard work and a lot of things that don't work <laughs> that, you know, is the truth. And um, I'm always willing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you, you know, coming from your basement till now, I think, I think you proved it worked. <laughs> you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. So yeah. yeah. What does, um, one question we always ask, um, our guests is what does your legacy look like? So, you know, where, where you're at now, where you're going you know, in the end, how, how do you know you, you've done what you were supposed to do? What what does your legacy look like? That I've built a, mach a, a machine that continues to give back with the 1% and through the purchasing. So if we can build an engine that continues to grow and to give more and more, because the more it grows, the more it gives, then I'll have one, I think. That's sort of my my goal. And I mean, personally, to do something every day I love and work with people that I really respect and I love going to work with. Like, I think to me on a personal level, that's winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's not, it's not super deep. It's pretty simple. <laughs> like, you know, if I can go to work and, you know, bring joy and be, you know, be full of receive joy. And, you know, I don't go to work every day, like, you know, super happy, I'm sure. And, you know, we all have our bad days, but, you know, if, if I can sort of recenter and bring that joy back, that's kind of the way I want to live. That's awesome. That's, that's a, I mean, that's all we can ever aspire to. I think in the end, right. Is what we did, what, you know, did it make it, did it make us happy? And did it make us happy? And did it make a difference in the world? You yeah. know, as small as my difference is, is it a positive impact? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, you, you're the very first and obviously the only one in the world, Coconista, that we have <laughs> the privilege of speaking with. So uh, we appreciate you taking the time to chat. No, thank you. It's been awesome. I love I love this format of informal chat. This is so my style. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, linear. Up my alley. 
<laughs> yeah, if me you too. Were inspired by me too, our and show, your chocolate chocolates are delicious, and, and I can't wait to try some of these new flavors. Thank you. Well, friends. thank you for meeting with you me. Can always find thank show you. What's the best way for uh, someone to get a hold of like? Keep listening. What's your website? Website is uh, Jacek J A C E K chocolate.com. and you can follow us on you know all the social media platforms, even TikTok, which blows my mind because I do not get it. Um, but we are there. Uh, so and Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, all of them. Love it. <laughs> all the places. Love it. Yeah, and all at Jacek Chocolate. So the same handle for everything. Keep bringing the joy. Yeah. Thank you.